Hello, welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and today I have a fantastic guest with me. This is Tracy. I'm sure you all know Tracy. So hello, Tracy. Hi, how's it going? Good. Can I say your name any more times, Tracy? Tracy? (laughs) Tracy? (laughs) Now, Tracy is a fantastic bar manager here in Melbourne, but you'll know her from many many um, previous podcasts like Rebel Girl. Yeah, so Rebel Girl was my podcast with Amanda. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. But um, you're now here in Melbourne, in Bar Culture Melbourne, which, yep, we all know at the moment. But anyway, um, so to talk about fun things, have you seen the trailer for Star Wars Visions? Yes, I'm so excited. I haven't been this excited about anything Star Wars in a really, really long time. It just, it looks so cool um, to the point where, so with remote learning, I get my kids to fill in a Google form each each period to show they're there. Um, and so I've, I've stuck the YouTube clip of um star wars visions in there and then gone with a question how cool is this um (laughs) hoping to get some kids watching (laughs) that's amazing yeah um it was it's such a cool style like um and unlike anything star wars has done before yeah, I mean, it, like, it works, because I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the TIE Fighter um, anime? Yes, I think I've seen little bits of it, yeah. Um, I used to have it on, like, the, t- the monitors at um, Mother's Milk. When I ran Mother's Milk, I used to, like, put it on the TVs that were in the background as, like, bar ambiance. It's, yeah. it, it's so cool. It's one of my favorite things. Like, I absolutely love it. So it makes so much sense. Like, Star Wars has so much Japanese influence that... It, I don't know. I just think it fits so well. Like I don't know. I love anime so much. So I'm just, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, even a little while ago when they had sort of the teaser where they were talking to some of the creators, it sounded so amazing that they're just letting the creators have complete freedom and you know not tied to canon or some overarching story. It it looks amazing and just so freeing and 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 different ideas yeah it's fun that it's gonna be like I'm pretty sure it's gonna be outside of canon as well which is always pretty fun because I feel like we've all been so like beholden to this like you know monolithic canon and it's it's gonna be nice to get out of that yeah it you know just some of the things that really stick with you in this in the trailer is the the big what seven armed lightsaber yeah and i think um they're doing a lot of things with the sith but yeah that japanese influence is just finally allowed to really come through without the western filter as it were yeah definitely because we got it a little bit in rogue one which was really fun like you got that like I mean, they finally had a character that was really reverent to sort of, like, the influences on Star Wars from, like, you know, Kurosawa. Yeah. But 
that was the first time you really saw that where it was like you actually got like an Asian character doing martial arts and it just worked really well so I feel like I don't know I feel like they, they should be like I guess continuing like a reverence to that influence and it's so funny to see on Twitter there's already been people who are like Japanese styles don't belong in Star Wars and everyone's like tell me you don't know anything about Star Wars without telling me you don't know anything about Star Wars <laughs> like what <laughs> like it's Star Wars is literally based off like a Kurosawa film <laughs> yeah. like what are you on about like that's the first what 20 minutes of a new hope is yeah based oh my god i know it's so funny like you can't help but laugh at how stupid people are yeah that one's just a laugh out loud point yeah. at the person going you know nothing yeah like maybe sit this one out <laughs> god yeah so i'm super looking forward to that i think the only thing that sort of seems a bit I don't want to say disappointing is that it's all going to be dropped on the one night and you know they're all short stories Mm. you know it's that type of thing of oh you know do we want to spread this out over a bit longer or have longer episodes but I don't know I don't don't ask me I'm I'm not a creator, so. I mean, I like the binge model. Like, for me, episodic is fine, and I get, like, I, I think The Mandalorian, like, it's really fun speculating with everyone each week, and that's fun, but I actually kind of enjoy, like, the binge, and I think with something like this, because it's going to be, like, standalone episodes, I think it's more fun that they're dropping all at the same time. Yeah. Um, Like, I'm excited to just binge it. Like, I really liked... um what is it, like, Love, Death, and Robots and um, some of those other, like, anthologies that are have a lot of animation, I think it worked really well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be cool. And, of course, here in Australia it comes out at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Perfect for us. Oh, true. Yeah. I loved it, you know, when it, you know, now it's Wednesday night, but it used to be perfect Friday night get home no I've got new Star Wars on at a reasonable time and not having to wait till what midnight or two o'clock in the morning oh see I work late nights on Fridays so it was always really funny because um of my friends that like watch Star Wars with me and like that we all talk about it we we all kind of (laughs) on Friday nights like stumble in at various like (laughs) times in the morning it's like depending on if we decide to like go out for drinks after work which is very common <laughs> we're all getting off work at like 2 two thirty in the morning and then probably having a knockoff and then getting home at like 5 30 in the morning so it's really like a gamble on which one of us actually stays awake through the whole episode so then we would all see each other Saturday and be like did you stay awake <laughs> and it's like did you stay awake did you stay awake and it's like there's always one of us who managed to stay awake the whole episode, but then usually we'd all have to try to watch it again, like, Sunday. So the Friday one is kind of funny for, like, my group of friends because none of us are actually watching it when it drops. We're trying to watch it, like, <laughs> at whatever time in the morning. Yeah. yeah, now they've moved to Wednesdays. I don't know. But, um, it's, yeah. 
something to look forward to, something I'm really looking forward to actually. Um, It was sort of something that went under the radar for me a little bit and then you start to see images from it and that teaser and then, yeah, the trailer and it's like, oh, no, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm I'm a longtime anime fan, so I'm just really excited. Like, it's my favorite style. I feel like I'm going to end up with another tattoo from this. (laughs) If my, like, left, like, tattoo theme is all manga and anime. So I always thought I would never get another Star Wars tattoo, but now I'm like, oh, Star Wars and anime. I have a feeling I'm going to find something. Yeah, there's going to be some very cool art coming out of that. Oh, yeah. 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 But um, this week they've got on Disney colon the the gallery colon the Mandalorian colon closer look colon some other words colon. Um, They've got another episode about um, the Mandalorian and specifically the season finale. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, You know, because for their last gallery, they didn't have anything about the finale and bringing in Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. So they're very much going to focus on that. Um, Yeah. So what are you thinking about that? You. Um, I really liked the last one, except it's really funny because the the last couple um, or the last episodes of Gallery, the only thing I didn't like, and this was before all the controversy, is I thought Gina Carano was so over the top and she actually was just like, she graded on my, like she annoyed me because I was like, she just was so almost like pandering and her like enthusiasm felt a little bit forced. Yeah. And so now that she's not in it, I'm a little bit more excited to watch it because yeah just watching her like I don't know just overly compliment Carl Weathers was just uncomfortable for me I was like you just seem like you're full of it but um and then it turns out she was so (laughs) I had a little bit of um good character judgment on that one so yeah no I'm pretty excited about it I I really would like to see more about that finale because I'm one of the people that really liked the finale I thought it was really cool yeah I I loved it. I mean, yeah, when I think I was in a bit of, no, it can't be, it can't be him, it can't be him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the X-Wing comes in, I'm like, no, no, that can't be Luke Skywalker. But then, yeah, you see the figure walking through the ship and, oh, yeah, he ignited yeah. that green. For me, when that, like, theme played, um, I – yeah, absolutely. Just lost it. Yeah, it was amazing, and and yeah, I was just in buckets of tears when Dinjarin gave Grogu over to Luke. I was just sobbing yeah. uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, I, I lost it completely a few weeks before when um. So the dark troopers stole Grogu off the rock. I was not. I was not coping well with that. <laughs> you weren't having a good time. No, no. But it was funny. Then a few days after the Mandalorian finale, I saw Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, where Pedro, you know, 
plays a father who loves his son. And so I was all emotional (laughs) during that because of the Mandalorian. Yeah. I love how he's always like the reluctant daddy lately and stuff. It's so funny. It's so good. Uh, Yeah. Who knew? Who knew that was a type? (laughs) Oh, it's definitely a type. Yes. <laughs> the hot the hot dad is definitely a thing. <laughs> I, I'm I'm definitely learning more about yeah, the hot dad. Oh, uh, so good. Yeah, like so Star Wars is is pretty good for the next you know few weeks and then Book of Boba Fetch and then we don't have many release dates. It's, mm. but I do know we are one day closer to Andor, so that's all that matters. <laughs> so good. <clears throat> I can't wait. It's so fun that like we have this like group of friends here that are going to be so enthusiastic about it, <laughs> and like partly on your behalf. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I I do know that. Yeah. There's a good portion of people who are like, yeah, we're excited for Catherine. That they're so pumped. Yeah. For me. <laughs> like that's just really fun that, you know, when you um, you know, see something in a fandom and you're excited, but you're more excited for other people. Like when Boba Fett showed up on Mandalorian, I was like, Horse, oh my God. Horse is gonna be so excited. Yeah, it's always fun when you have like secondhand like excitement even if it's not something you're super into like um I know like a couple of my friends reached out about Star Wars visions because they're like they know I love anime and they know I love Star Wars like oh my god did you see this and I'm like yes I'm super excited this is right in my alley um it's always fun when people like think of you but yeah I I know um I was laughing with um the boys though about how I think you're the only other person who likes um Dirty Dancing Havana Nights as much as I do because <laughs> I've always been like obsessed with that movie and it's it's actually kind of a funny story like um me and my best friend saw it together and we always used to go to like matinee like where you could get like the couple dollar ticket and we would see like you know just a movie we knew was gonna be bad on purpose yeah and then that movie was supposed to be bad but I absolutely love it so then like one time someone got out it for me and like do you guys do White Elephant where you yes. get some like a gag gift yeah. yeah so we we did like a friend's like white elephant and someone bought it for me like I was either dvd or vhs because it's that long ago and someone got it for me as a joke and I was like jokes on you I absolutely love this movie and I already own it and <laughs> you can take this bag and go home and watch it and then they ended up doing that and they love it too it's just like one of those movies where I'm like no this movie is actually really good I will defend it I will defend it to the death I am obsessed with that movie <laughs> I, yes, I I do own the DVD as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I'm not gonna say it's Oscar worthy or anything like that. Oh no, no, oh. no. But it's good. Oh, Everyone I, should yeah. watch it. It's absolutely yeah. It's so good. It's got one of the best like montages ever. Like the dance montage in the middle is perfection. <laughs> like, it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, and it's 
you know, it's kind of funny that, oh, not funny, but it's strange that it's set in this very tumultuous time in Havana with like serious political you know, undertones as well as learning how to dance. Um, yeah. But people. Diego Luna. <laughs> oh, yes, and Diego Luna. <laughs> but yeah, people forget that the original Dirty Dancing, a, a big part of that storyline was about abortion. Yeah, that was like shocking to me because I didn't see that movie till I was older and I knew it was like this classic. And it's like, then you watch it and it's actually kind of dark. <laughs> like a big, like, yeah, like you said, like a big driving plot point is an abortion. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Like this is like that timeless classic about abortion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like when no one told me everyone made me think that muriel's wedding was like a comedy and then i watched it and i'm like sitting there like absolutely devastated by like everything that happens to her family and i'm like what is this movie it's you know it's the australian comedy in that there's bits that are funny but then there's yeah that devastating oh my god Paul Muriel and um, oh God, what's her friend's name? Who's played by? Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, that's annoying. But you know how she ends up in a wheelchair and yeah, and the oh, mom, like what happens to her mom, is yeah. devastating. It's so sad. That movie is that movie is equal parts absolutely hilarious and iconic. And also devastating, and no one told me. I thought it was like this, like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, you have to watch Muriel's Wedding. It's, like, an Australian classic. It's really funny, and everyone always quotes it. And so, like, everyone always quotes it in this really funny context. I'm like, oh, I have to see this movie. Like, I love Tony Collette. And I watch it, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, what is wrong with all of you? Like, don't get me wrong. I love the movie, but I'm, like, not expecting this absolute, like, dark turn it's just so good and they made a a stage musical out of it yeah yeah I'm because it's really popular in America like that movie is very popular like I didn't actually I didn't actually know that it was an Australian movie because I just knew of it as like a classic film yeah yeah it's probably just as popular in the states as it is here wow yeah it's very it's a very popular movie yeah yeah because um it's, I think straight after that, the director made um, My Best Friend's Wedding. He's oh, on the theme. Yeah. <clears throat> Which isn't a terrible movie when you watch it when you're older. You're like, man, Julia Roberts' character sucks. Oh, yeah. Fantastic soundtrack. Yeah. But, yeah, you go, Julia Roberts, what are you doing? That's no. Yeah. You're like, wow, you're the toxic one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Muriel's wedding is, I mean, it made Tony Collette a star. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But a classic Australian actual comedy would be more like The Castle. So um, good. Oh. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those movies that Australians can just randomly quote very obscure lines from and and we know it. Or if we see it coming up, even on commercial TV, you just sit and watch it. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like, Tell Me's Dreaming is one of the funniest, like, 
oh my god it's just so funny because it's so perfect and I've heard people say it in so many different contexts <laughs> but it just and it kills me every time like I don't know because I think um I had to live here for a little while to fully like understand Australian humor and then once I did like stuff like that and Kath and Kim just killed me or like Wogboy Wogboy is so funny <laughs> Like, I loved that movie. I was laughing so hard. Oh, Nick Giolopoulos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, um, yeah, the wog culture here is is unique. It's, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it is pretty unique around the world. And, of course, we have so many Greek people living here that I think we've got the second largest Greek population in the world Mm. you know first is Athens then it's us yeah it's well Melbourne had more immigrants after World War II than Mm. any other city in the world like even like America has this whole like pride around being like you know oh like we have the most immigrants but actually we don't I'm pretty sure Melbourne is still like one of the most like yeah 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 it's amazing but um so I suppose Adam told you all about chaplaps. Oh yeah, I'm very aware of chaplaps <laughs> because it's still a thing. Like it's absolutely still a thing. It's no. so so. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's coming back like full force. It's so good, and it's really funny because like you'll see all these like crazy nice cars on like Friday and Saturday nights, and like you know, and then <laughs> you'll see, like you'll just hear like a car backfire, and it'll be like this like beat up like old honda or, or like ford falcon and you're just like oh sweetie yeah you yeah i remember you know, back in the day you know, you know guys yeah going up and down mm-hmm. in my commodore mate with the subwoofer <laughs> yeah that's definitely still a thing it's so funny yeah. and then afterwards you know you get the kebab um which yeah <laughs> but yeah, with with the castle, I mean, this is going straight to the pool room. Now, just an Australian saying, or it's the vibe. <laughs> is yeah, you know, when you know, when I've been house help or helping my my sister, you know, look for a house and things like that. It's you're walking and. And if we like a house, it's, yep, yeah, it's the vibe. It's the vibe. <laughs> it's Marbo, it's the vibe. So good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can't imagine any Australian hasn't seen the castle. But it, it's funny how these were so influenced by English and American culture here in Australia that sometimes our little bits of culture can get drowned out but some some things do rise above and we you know we do get to express it and yeah things like um Kath and Kim Mm -hmm. um Upper Middle Bogan I love that show I mean it's hard to describe what a bogan is until you you live there and live here and understand yeah, I remember um, I was at, like, a dinner back in California. Um, my friend was also dating an Australian. So she was dating a guy from Sydney. And we had, like, a get-together. And 
Adam and this guy were playing Trent from Punchy. And none of us got it. Like, me and my girlfriends are sitting there. And we're like, what are you showing us? This is stupid. Like, we didn't think it was funny. We didn't get it. We're like, this guy's just an idiot. Like, how is this funny? And now that I live here, it absolutely kills me. And I can quote it, like, all day long. Because <laughs> like, now that I've, like, experienced that and, like, trying to just – I think, like, Americans can kind of grasp bogans because we have rednecks. But Eshes, explaining Eshes to Americans is the best, like – because you have to experience it and like you have to like know the very specific like I guess Melbourne and Sydney suburb cultures to like get why it's funny yeah you had the very specific cultures of our specific suburbs which is why it's hard to explain why um you know Jimmy Rees doing the Brighton voice <laughs> is yeah exactly correct yeah <laughs> yeah i went to school in brighton yes <laughs> yes it's it's a thing um of course it does make me laugh whenever um in star wars they bring up the word bogan no come on <laughs> don't make us laugh george lucas <laughs> Um, so I'm just trying, so did you get to see Black Widow when it was out or did no. you miss that window? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, I like, I don't know. I, I wasn't super stoked on it. I mean, I loved Florence Pugh and like, I don't know. I, I know it's good and everyone said it was really good, but I just didn't really jump on the window to watch it. And so I don't yeah. know. And it was a window. I think it was like a week we had cinemas open or a week. Yeah, and it's not – is it not on Disney Plus? I think it's on Premier Access still. I haven't checked if it's free yet, but um, could still be Premier Access. I don't think it's free yet. So I may just watch it on Premier Access, although we, like, use Premier Access to watch Jungle Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's – I. I got there um, and saw it, yeah, the Wednesday night. Um, okay. Yeah, because that's a bit of tradition a friend of our, mine and I have that we go on that Wednesday preview night um, to, to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my ticket to Shang-Chi. Okay. Yeah, it got cancelled. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard really good things about it. A lot of my friends back in LA went to the premiere and they all had really good things to say. So, yeah, it's one I'm, you know, looking forward to. And I know a lot of my students are looking forward to because you know to see an a, an actor of Asian background as a superhero in a movie is yeah is a big deal. Yeah. So, I hope they um, release it here at least. Premier Access, um, yeah. Yeah, because I don't really go to the movie theater here very much. Like, it's so weird because when I – back home, I used to go to the movies all the time. Like, after after work and stuff, I would just go by myself because I actually prefer to go to the movies by myself. Um, <laughs> but I generally, like, don't – I don't see a lot of movies here. I don't know why. I just 
Yeah. I think because I'm a lot busier than I was, like, when I lived in L.A. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's as many cinemas here, just, like, physically. And there's not as many, like, little independent ones who would play, like, older release or re-release movies at, you know, not 20 bucks a ticket. Um, I think yeah. that has an impact. I mean, I work right next to the Aster, so you would think I would go to the Aster more because I love it. I just, um, my only thing with the Aster is, like, I don't hear very well, and it's really hard to hear in the Aster. Like, it's very loud, and because it's such an old theater, which is, you know, most of its charm, I can't see a movie there for the first time. I can only watch movies there that I've already seen. Otherwise, I can't hear, and that's a problem there, so. Yeah. I've also had people going, oh, those seats. My six are not very comfy. They're not. But it's kind of the charm. I don't get how people like I when I first went and someone told me like, oh yeah, like we watch like Star Wars marathons and Lord of the Rings marathons, and I'm sitting in that chair and I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> like my butt's already asleep and I'm watching like a normal feature movie. Like I cannot imagine like sitting in that theater for eight hours. No. It's it's a beautiful theater, and I'm so happy that they do do re-releases and they had yeah the 30 mil or 35 mil print of um like empire Mm -hmm. last year but yeah it's um yeah no parking which is a pain when you have to travel from the suburbs like me oh true yeah yeah but yeah i I mean, obviously, as a teenager and in my 20s, I went to the movies more. Um, But, yeah, now it's that, oh, do I go to a movie during the week? No, I'm too tired. I'm old. (laughs) I just want me my pyjamas. Yeah, I don't really mind, like, that all these releases are coming to home because I'm kind of okay (laughs) just, like, watching stuff at home, like... I don't know. I'm just too lazy. to. I'm same thing. I don't know. I'm too lazy to like get up and go to the theater. And by the time you like get there and do everything, it's, I mean, it's a $40 like excursion by the end of it, especially because like, I love going to the one where you can get food and drinks and I don't know. I love gold class. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have kids. So I feel like part of the thing about being like childless in your thirties is that when you go to the theaters, you get to do gold class every time. And I realize oh. that's a little bit bratty, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, um, I don't do gold class very often just because I'm paranoid about, because it's the recliner. I'm just paranoid about spilling food all over myself. Oh, see, I'm like, that's part of the experience for me. Like, I just want to be like, <laughs> like comfy, <laughs> maybe a little bit buzzed off the red wine and just like sitting there eating like it's the best oh yeah but I I do enjoy that sort of I think I've I've enjoyed the Marvel cinema experience that if you've got a good audience because they react at the right times um oh yeah I got so lucky. I was in such good theaters for Endgame and um, Infinity War. Like, both audiences I got to see. I think I saw Endgame a couple times in theaters, but I saw Infinity War twice. 
and the first time I saw Infinity War in theaters, I can't remember if it was here or back home, to be honest. Um, yeah, my theater was super enthusiastic and just loving it. And yeah, so much yeah. fun. I think that ruined my endgame experience because I had people behind me who were talking um, uh, and, you know, with young kids. I'm talking like seven-year-olds. Oh. And I'm like, it's, you know, the movie's at starting at 7, 7.30 at night. It's three hours. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> And and stuff like that, I think, yeah, it sort of gets you out of the movie really, really quickly. Um, when I so the second time I saw Captain Marvel, there was a lot of teenage girls there, and they were really into it and really pumped, and it was so cool to see like these young girls pumped to see a Marvel movie and to see a female character on the screen it was just oh, it was awesome fun yeah I loved my experience seeing Captain Marvel like I had the like I had good theaters for that as well um because I saw Captain Marvel I think more than once in theaters as well I loved that movie it was so good so good yeah I saw it a few times here in the cinemas here and then yeah in America with some friends in Houston before I went over to Celebration. Um, so I saw that quite a number of times. Again, awesome soundtrack. Yeah, it has a great soundtrack. Yeah. Although so, Black Panther for me still has the best soundtrack. <laughs> like I actually <laughs> regularly listen to that soundtrack still. Yeah, I think Captain Marvel's soundtrack just hit all my mid-90s angsty uh, it's <laughs> true vibes um yeah he, quite right yeah oh, yeah so i'm a bit bummed that i don't know if shang chi is going to come out um on streaming because it, i think disney was saying no we want this just in the cinema and so the earliest ticket i could get that village would put up was 16th of September uh, <clears throat> yeah we'll see I don't know I I have a feeling like we're gonna be in lockdown a little bit longer than what they're saying <laughs> again yeah so yeah it's um yeah obviously his teachers were sort of going well when do you think we'll be back on site because a lot of times we go back you know be earlier than then think then lockdown ends especially with the seniors mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like that will happen so much this time but so friday morning there was the senior school had a leadership meeting about right how are we going to do assessments on site and they developed a policy i was then in a meeting with someone talking about that policy and i was like yep yep okay i'll, I'll back it and this is my input and, yeah, that sounds all really good. So then at like 3.30 in the afternoon they released a, oh, you know, students can come back in small groups to do assessments. So mm. all the work that we'd just done that morning, nah, oh. scrapped. And, yeah, 
So, it... <laughs> oh, that's that's an education department for you. Yeah, it just seems like one of those things where, like, no one really knows what to do. I mean, even some of the guidelines for hospitality, like, we all play along and we all listen and, you know, we do what we can. But some of the rules are just so arbitrary. And it's like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, <clears throat> the verbiage is so strange. Like, even the the square meter rule, it just makes no sense in the context of actually, like, you know, a bar or restaurant setting. And it's so it's so malleable that there's no way to really enforce it. So whenever the COVID officers come through and they ask you questions, you're just like, they know as much as you do. So you just kind of are like, <laughs> I don't know, like you, like you interpret the rules. I interpret the rules. Like everything is so vague that it's just been, it's been really hard for hospitality to catch up as well. We're just like, we're doing our best. Like, Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, everyone sort of has to appreciate is that everyone is just trying their best. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, who would have thought two, three years ago that I'd be making all my Year 12 classes into YouTube videos, which no one go watch, no one, no, it's boring. It's very, very boring. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it was it was like, oh, thank God I have like a microphone um, and I, I have people I can sort of turn to to go, right, what's a good um, thing to record stuff off my screen, blah, blah, blah. I've, I could pivot fairly quickly and confidently, mm-hmm. but, yeah, it's, um, it's the pivot. Like, but for this year, it's been the up, down, up, down. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. Oh, God, we've got here again. Catherine, what are you doing? <laughs> so have you um, been watching anything else like that you've really enjoyed or? Um, so I'm halfway through Bad Batch, oh, a little bit less than halfway. I, I didn't, the, so the first episode really didn't grab me. And so I was kind of like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Um, And I just kind of didn't keep up with it. And then a couple of my friends who, like, I actually, like, value their opinion. Like, they know the kind of things I like. They're like, "Uh, maybe you should give it another chance and, like, actually watch Bad Batch. And then I saw a couple of people's reactions on Twitter where they were saying stuff, like, um, a couple spoilery things. I'm one of those people, like, I don't really mind spoilers. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to revisit this if it's actually that important to like, – they were saying there's some tie-ins with, like, the sequel trilogy. And so I was like, okay. Like, they said that there's some, like, groundwork for stuff later. And I was like, okay, then maybe I'll revisit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I think I've enjoyed it more than what the initial premise – yeah, you know, than what I, I thought of the original premise. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But um, I've enjoyed it more. Um, they're tying it in well, I think, to what's happening, you know, at that period of time. And that's what I've been the most interested in, in seeing, well, how does the empire take over? How quickly does it happen? And what are the shifts that take place? That's what I've sort of been the most interested in seeing yeah 
See, I don't know. I'm just like kind of ready. To, I, I, I feel like I keep saying this on podcasts and it's like everyone's tired of hearing my opinion, but I'm, I'm just so frustrated that they gave us the sequel trilogy and then haven't revisited it. And that's, it's like, I'm so tired of like that kind of like Clone Wars in between Clone Wars and a New Hope era. Like for me, there's nothing more that I'm interested in. Like, I'm so ready to move on. And I also like, I know this is going to be controversial, but I don't like that style of animation. Like, I don't like it. Like, I don't like seeing these planets that I've read about and seeing like, I don't like seeing these characters that I really like in live action in that animation style. It just doesn't do anything for me. I like the hair blocking. I don't know. It's just, it's really weird. Like I don't enjoy it. And I don't, I don't know. It's it. And the, for some reason, like for me, Bad Batch Rebels and the Clone Wars are telling these super dramatic, cool stories. And then they throw in these like really slapstick, like cheesy <laughs> yes. moments. And I know for some people it works and like, I have to remember that it's for kids. So I'm like, yeah, that's so cool. Like, that's great. But then when people are like, just, oh my God, this episode made me cry and it was best Star Wars ever. And like, I'm just like, no, it's like, that's kind of an overreaction. Like it's not delivering these moments well enough for you to be sitting there like uncontrollably sobbing. So I just feel like, okay, like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm not super invested in the Bad Batch. You know, I'm I watch it each week and go, oh, yeah, that's good, and and yeah. you know, I get interested in parts of the story, um, but yeah, I haven't been super invested in it. Which, oh well, there's so much Star Wars you can't be obsessed with all of it. Yeah, I'm reading um, the High Republic novels. Um, oh. Yeah, so that is interesting. You know, seeing or reading about, you know, a completely different period of time and how different the Jedi were and, you know, how they were spread out all through the galaxy. They weren't just at Coruscant and you'd sort of go, oh, okay, well, what happened? Maybe something in these books in this time period that is seeing that change to what we see in the prequels. And I think... Um, I'm reading with Out of the Shadows and I think we're already starting to see that that shift because they're working more with the Republic and and so that's kind of interesting. However, I I need like a big infograph and big wall chart with all the characters. There's there's a lot and across all the different books um there's just a lot. Yeah, see, I don't have it in me. I've been reading a lot during these lockdowns, like, um, but I just, I, I enjoy Star Wars comics. I don't really enjoy the books anymore because they're a little bit too, they're a little bit too bland for me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I loved um, a couple books. Like, I really liked The New Dawn and I really liked Dark Disciple, but I think those were the last times that I really enjoyed Star Wars books. I feel like the new canon of books just feel really sanitized yeah and I just that's not something I'm into like I don't know I I, like I've never I haven't really gotten invested in any of those characters at that time period and it just 
everything I saw that got released about it, I was like, yeah, that's not my thing. Like, I don't know. But I am glad that other people enjoy it, and that's really cool, and hopefully it gets integrated into some live action. And But, yeah, it's just not. Yeah. No. Yeah, so they're making for Disney Plus Acolyte, which mm-hmm. is set after, you know, all of this High Republic things and and I think in the timeline a little bit closer to the prequels but not right up next to it. So it'll be interesting to see how the events in the High Republic um, get set off in the Acolyte and how it all links in. Um, yeah, it'll be really good to to see again. I, I need that <laughs> that big you know, pin board with the red strings and and connecting things. It's, there's a lot going on, but it is interesting. And I've got on back order, well, not on back order, but on pre order the um, trade paperbacks of some of the High Republic comics um, to read how they all come together. Because that's one interesting thing about the High Republic is that it's all being developed by these authors in a really collaborative manner mm-hmm. that they're all, um, you know, they've, they all work on their novels and, and comics and all of that, but they all have a big picture that they are all working with and they all develop characters and, and other things together. So it is interesting that unlike the old EU, you know, the authors are working together to make one cohesive story. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, because the EU was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. The best hot mess. And see, I liked those books because they're so pulpy and, like, they really go there because there's no, like, confines of, like, you know, this canon to stick to. So things got absolutely out of control in the EU and it's the best. Like, <laughs> I love it. Like, the worse it gets, the more I like it. <laughs> yeah, I've I read a lot of the EU books. I think there was a certain point where I just went, no, no. <laughs> Oh, there were so many times in those where you just go, like, basically the Crystal Star, like, the entirety of that book. You're just like, no, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) Or I can't remember which book it was where, like, Luke falls in love with his ship. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, just so much, like, I think, and then, like, yeah, Chewie gets killed by a moon. Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. So bad. it's, it's not good. Um, yeah. Of course, yeah, the Thrawn trilogy kicked that all off and and Thrawn's been brought in, so he's been able to now make new canon Thrawn books. So it's, it's amazing, like, what's being brought in from the EU. Yeah. I mean, you kind of knew that Thrawn was always going to be brought in just because he's such a good character. And to be honest, like, I don't know that I'd ever, as much as Mara Jade might be, like, my one of my favorite characters ever, um, and the only, like, cosplay I ever did, like, really well. Um, I don't know. I just don't know that she fits in what they're doing. Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah, if if they do it, you don't think she, you know, she can't really be exactly the same. So that would set off 
set of fanboys. Um, you know, so they, they, you know, to bring Imara Jade is a bit dangerous, although I like that idea of the hand of the emperor or emperor's hand. Like that's yeah. a cool idea. Yeah, like I, I mean, there's no way they're going to make everyone happy and I just don't think they'll touch it because there's that ravenous, like, absolutely unhinged side of the fandom and I just don't feel like seeing their opinion on like one of my favorite characters and you know what's gonna happen because you know there's no way they're gonna make her as like sexy as they have her and all of the art that we all like know and love you know Disney's not gonna do that like they're not gonna put her in like a leather cat suit and have her be like all slinky and like whatever and that's what I like about the character and I know that that's what the fanboys like about the character whereas like if I don't get that version, I'm going to be like, yeah, cool, whatever. Whereas, like, the fanboys are going to, like, foam at the mouth and, you know, there's going to spawn, like, a million different YouTube videos. <laughs> so. Yeah. Maybe Not my just, Mara Jade. Right? Like, maybe just don't touch it. Let's just leave her to the books, I think. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, the books are always there. The books are not going anywhere. Yeah. You can reread them. I've I've still got mine that I've I bought. A lot of them are still at my parents' house, but some I've got here. I don't think I brought any of my Star Wars books to um, Australia. I think they're all at – they're probably all still in my old apartment. Yeah. Well, books, you know, especially when you're traveling or moving overseas, it's a lot of weight. Oh, Yeah to take and yeah you've got to be a bit more selective but yeah my parents house are full of books that you know I've I've left there (laughs) my sister's left there our house is just books I think like because I tried so hard to like keep because books are really sentimental to me I had a couple boxes of books at my parents house but they you know I'm in my 30s like my parents sold our childhood house during last lockdown and I'm on the other side of the world so of course my mom's not gonna like keep anything so I'm pretty sure all of my old books including all my old Star Wars books are gone but they probably got donated and they'll go to a good home so it is what it is yeah um when my parents moved into their current house um from our childhood home I was still living at home so yes all my stuff made the move um so there's there's some, you know, Catherine history. I, I'm pretty sure my Xena warrior princess figurine is somewhere in that house. <laughs> See, I was smart enough to take my comics. Like, I have a couple comics that I really like. So those are still, like, in my old apartment in Costa Mesa. Like, I have a couple comic books and, like, a couple, like, small sentimental things that I was smart enough to take into, like, my adulthood apartment. So they'll probably stay there and, like, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, I know in the house I've, at some point I've got to go and find them. I've got all my um, Happy Meal toys, um, the <laughs> Muppet Baby Happy Meal toys. So. I remember those. I don't. I forgot who I was talking with the other day. We were laughing about how everyone has one figure in their family who for some reason just had boxes and boxes of Happy Meal toys. <laughs> But also, I didn't realize that our Happy Meal toys were so much better than yours. <laughs> like, not but apparently, like, American Happy Meal toys were elite. And I didn't know that that was a thing. 
because we did get some pretty cool ones. The Polly Pocket Happy Meal toys were definitely a standout for me. Like, I remember they did like a Polly Pocket run, and they were actually really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think ours might have started off okay, but yeah, the quality would have dropped pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, the Muppet Baby ones are are elite, but yeah, they're not good. But I remember as part of a Happy Meal, you, know, you had the Batman Returns Happy Meals. Batman Returns, not a kid's film. Oh, yeah, like all the like movies like that and stuff. I think Taco Bell had Batman for us because um, like the different franchises got the different things. Um, so that was a big thing is like Taco Bell. Oh, Taco Bell also had the best Star Wars toys. Taco Bell had some awesome Star Wars toys. Like they had like the Bespin like Cloud City toy that f- actually floated. Like it was like a top and it like it was so cool. And then oh, there was another really good one. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Taco Bell had the best and then Burger King had the Jurassic Park watches. The Jurassic Park watches were so good. Oh. And you all got yeah, like glasses. Oh yeah, the glasses were awesome too. Like the Mister Freeze glass from um, Batman was really cool because it like frosted over. I think I think I actually still have. So I got all the Lord of the Rings glasses. I had all the Jurassic Park glasses and all of the Batman glasses. They oh. they were so cool, and a lot of them like lit up on the bottom. Like the Lord of the Rings ones lit up. Um, yeah, it was always like stuff like that was such a big deal. I remember. Yes. Yeah, so. When I was little and we lived in America, um, they had the My Little Pony. I know, Care Bears. It was Care Bears glasses at, I don't know, Pig's Hut or Burger King or something. And so, yeah, we've got all four of the Care Bear glasses, um, again, in my parents' house, in, you know, in with the good china, can I just say. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) I, so, I don't know why, but we weren't allowed to have Care Bear stuff when I was little. <laughs> yeah, I never had a Care Bear toy, but yeah, we had the glasses. The glasses. There yeah. was like a weird thing and like, because I'm, I, I grew up in like obviously the 90s, there was this weird thing among like evangelical Christians that like Care Bears were like invented by someone satanic. <laughs> and so like a lot of Christians wouldn't let their kids like watch, watch or have Care Bear stuff. So I just like that's I just never I was I never had Care Bear anything, and it makes me laugh because I'm like, how do you like not let your kid like Care Bears? It's so harmless. It's, yeah, it's of all the things to go. There's satanic influences that Care Bears. Yeah, it was a thing. Like, um, I'm sure there's someone else who like grew up in like evangelical like hardcore Christian environment where like yeah they. Care Bears was a thing. It was like Care Bears and Pokemon and stuff were like bad. And just thinking about it, I'm like, what Care Bears really? Yeah, my mom always had like a really crazy reaction to Care Bears. She's like, someone put it on once at like a family friend's house, and she was like, no, you guys can't watch this. And we we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
So yeah, I never got the Care Bear glasses. But My Little Pony, definitely. I had the My Little Pony McDonald's toys for sure. Yeah, I um, only had two like actual My Little Ponies. Um, I got when mum went into hospital. So you know, she got me some toys to distract me. Yeah. Because I had to go live with um, like a school friend and then a family friend while she was in hospital. Um, yeah, so it was a nice distraction. However, at this um, school friend's house, Tooth Fairy there paid, you know, gold coins for teeth. So, you, you know, we're talking a dollar. Oh. Tooth Fairy at my house was silver. So we're talking 20 cents. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know how that Tooth Fairy, you know, could suddenly afford more. At... <laughs> yeah, so the Tooth Fairy at my house all of a sudden had to up its game. <laughs> that's awesome. I think the harder your childhood, the more, like, you get from your Tooth Fairy. I think that's <laughs> kind of sad but funny. <laughs> well, I, I didn't start losing my teeth until, like, grade two, and I lost my last baby tooth ended up having to be pulled because the dentist got sick of waiting for it to put my braces on when I was like 12 so yeah (laughs) yeah the dentist was like no this is this ridiculous ridiculous (laughs) yeah um yeah because yeah the braces were a, a big thing so yeah, yeah I, I had bra- I had braces until my sophomore year of high school. So I got to do the whole like got my braces off and now I don't look so ridiculous <laughs> and like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, braces, retainers, but you know few other people had headgear like I had, so Oh, I had I, headgear. And my I mom used to make cool. me my mom used to make me wear it to sleepovers. Like, she wouldn't let me take the night off. I had to wear it at a sleepover. And I was, it was so embarrassing. I cannot, I can I like, thank you for bringing up repressed memories. I totally forgot about headgear. Oh my God. I also had a lisp until I was like in my late 20s because I had to wear like really intense retainers. Mm. And so if you listen back on like episodes of Rebel Girl, you can hear a difference when I lose my lisp because I got my teeth fixed. Like, I spent like, tons of money getting veneers and getting rid of like that retainer because it was basically like holding in really bad fake teeth <laughs> it was so embarrassing um but yeah I had a lisp for a really long time and you can hear it in like old podcasts that I do and I used to get made fun of a lot for it like my friends just relentlessly teased me yeah I I don't want to know what my students say about me you know with my voice on the videos, I don't want to know because, you know, sometimes like I'll listen back and go, ooh, that's a hard S. Ooh, SSS. Yeah. yeah. I I feel like listening to myself on podcasts actually helped me kind of drop the hard S, but also living in Australia, my Valley Girl accent isn't as nasally as it used to be. It used to be way worse. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's hard listening to yourself. It's it's something you've you've got to disembody yourself for. Yeah, um, it's completely dissociated. <laughs> yeah, it, 
otherwise, no, you just you can't do it. Um, yeah. I mean, we're living in the time of, of Zoom and all of that, so we, we've got to get used to that picture on the screen. Yeah. Reflected back, but, yeah, it's, it's hard. If, if we do um, like live chats with students, a lot of them don't turn their cameras on. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I I hate um, lately, like when I've had like a couple work meetings for stuff, um, it's it's been like, oh, do you want to do it over Zoom? And I'm like, not really. Like, I don't want to put makeup on and do my hair. Like, I don't even have my video on right now because <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> in full lockdown mode where it's like, no, like, I don't want to put on a bra and, like, <laughs> pretend I'm not, like, some, like, swamp creature right now. Like, lockdown has not done great for, like, my, like, willingness to look presentable. Yeah. It's, you know, for me, I still, you know, get dressed every day or most days. I'm not going to lie. There were some days there where it's pajamas till 3 o'clock and, and that's when I go, oh, okay, my day's kind of ended. Maybe I should have a shower now. Yeah, um, yeah but um, I'm. I think f- for some of like the long lockdown, I was trying to wear work clothes during the day and then change into like jeans and things afterwards to go for a walk. And I was like, I I can't be bothered with that. And some days it's right if I have to be on on screen I'll pull a nice sweater over my pajamas do you remember last lockdown when a lot of places were doing like dress code checks on students for like zoom and it feels like this (sighs) lockdown's different like they used to be so strict remember like there were kids who were getting in trouble for like or I had friends who were in uni and they were saying that like you could fail your test if like they traced your eye movements doing the wrong thing and it was just it was just really like cruel yeah it's so we had the maths competition last week or something and so it's just selected students and as specified in the rules they have to have their camera on Mm -hmm. and look yeah they're not gonna listen not all of them did I said it a few times, but I sort of understood that maybe they're not in a quiet place. Yeah. Um, so I sort of get got away with, let them get away with it. But yeah, if we're doing online assessments, I know that I've heard from other schools that they make them have their cameras on, but they told them to point the camera towards like their work right. where they were writing so that they could see um, that, you know, you, they were actually writing um, and not to try to limit the kids, you know, going off and Googling or texting their friends. Right. Yeah. But we'll we'll see if we have to implement that or what like, other changes. Kids, kids are going to cheat if they're going to cheat. Like I remember, <laughs> like, and when I was in high school, like I did international baccalaureate and everyone was so, like, grades were such a big deal because, American unis are really competitive like it's it's a whole thing like junior and senior year in an American high school is very very intense like it's a weird culture of just frantic like I have to get in the right uni and you know you're just like having panic attacks and freaking out and everyone's just so stressed and competitive and like 
they tried i remember our prof- our teachers tried so hard to keep it like keep the students from cheating and people still managed it i remember like every like these kids in my ib like biology and like physics classes they made like a, a hand like a, a code so they made like a whole language that they used to do like under their desk oh my god and so there was like six and so they got separated because the professor or the teachers started to realize that like these seven or eight students were always getting the same marks yeah and then it kind of got to be weird so they separated them across the rooms and we had like you know 50 kids in one class because it's like massive high schools so then they developed like a hand signal language (laughs) and they got away with it we all knew they were doing it but like you know you're not gonna snitch so you're just like I mean, if you're going to go through that much effort, like, good on you. <laughs> like, so I remember that being, like, a thing. So it's, like, if kids are going to cheat, they're going to cheat. Like, Yeah. All I can say is that if you get caught with a mobile phone in an exam, like the VCAR yeah. exam, they take your phone for three months and you fail. Yeah. Um, our phones weren't, like, good enough to do anything when I was in high school like we had like flip phones because mm. I graduated in 2006 so like that was when phones were just starting to come out and I don't think anyone had like internet on their phone yet it just no. wasn't a thing we were still paying 20 cents to text <laughs> yeah god yeah that was one of the reasons back in the day I changed phone companies because the phone company I was with charged me when someone left a voice message, then charged me to listen to the voice message. Oh, my God, amazing. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Even, you know, that Catherine was like, no, no, you can't charge me twice for the same thing. I just think it's funny, like, if you told Gen, when you tell Gen Z, you're like, oh, like we used to download ringtones. And like when ringtones were real music, that was a big deal. Like when ringtones went from being like the little like really cheesy yeah. like chimes of a song and they were like $3.99 to download this like terrible ringtone. And then like, um, yeah. And then yeah. when they were actual music, that was such a big deal. Yeah. To, Try to explain to kids that, oh, yeah, like the Phantom Menace trailer, to watch that you had to download it and took hours upon hours and it was just this little little square on your screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they can't quite comprehend that. How did you live like that, miss? Well, we did. Or like t- downloading a song like LimeWire and all that. Like you could download a song and like, your com- just destroy your family's computer. <laughs> just absolutely decimate it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or to, yeah, explain to kids that, yeah, we, we've had text messages for a long time, but we used to have, what was it, eight characters, 12 characters? And that's why we abbreviated words. Yeah. You don't need to abbreviate words anymore. I think the funniest one was when someone like asked like, oh, why do we say pick up and hang up the phone? And it was like this meme where someone was like, oh my God, like I'm having to explain 
telephones to someone because if you think about it like no one has a landline anymore like when's the last time you had to pick up or hang up a phone like ever yeah because even the last you know few landlines I've had was a cordless phone yeah because even so yeah that sort of hanging up yeah like the physical um god what what do they call call oh, the, the thing you the dial phones the like dial the, the rotators yeah i mean the rotators yeah like to see a kid I, i've had kids ask me how did they work like how did you dial a number Oh, the worst is when you accidentally did it wrong and then you had to start all the way over. That was just maddening because we, my family had one of those phones. Like a, what do they call them? I can't remember. Yeah, just the rotary yeah. phone, yeah. I don't, I think if you put a gun to my head right now, I don't know if I could actually dial a number on one of them. Like, I don't know if I would still, or it would be like riding a bike and I would just remember how to do it. I think I would, but. I don't know how much of that is down to like the old Fisher Price toy telephone. Oh, see, we actually had one. We had like an actual whatever. Uh, yeah. 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 The dialer. Oh God. Yeah. And yeah, and here in Australia, long distance phone calls were cheaper after seven o'clock at night. Yep. And and you get like the beep beep beep. To, so you know it was long distance? Yep. We used to have um, after – it was after 9 p.m. on the weekends and 7 p.m. on weekdays was, like, free phone calls in the States. And remember yeah. that was, like, the big push to be on, like, AT&T. It was, like, so crazy. Like, free calls after 7 p.m. And you're just, like, so weird. So, yeah, that was the thing. I always – we always knew, okay, seven o'clock, telephone rings. Oh, that would be Nana, my mum's mum from Queensland, because yeah, it was cheaper. Yeah. To call and yeah, mum would would um, not call until that time. Mind you, flights were so expensive. It was ridiculous how much flights were just within Australia. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. You know, um. And your know, mum went back to Queensland, you know, a few times a year and sometimes we'd go with her. But, yeah, they were super expensive. So that's what mum and dad sort of worked for. But even then it wasn't like direct Melbourne to Cairns. It was, I remember distinctly when we were really little, it was Melbourne, Sydney, Sydney, Brisbane, Brisbane, Townsville, Townsville, Cairns. And that was all flying? That was all flying. That that was agony. Agony. Oh, so we had to like drive. So we like never really went on proper vacations. We would just drive like mm. to various parts of America to see family. And so it's always funny to me when people are like, oh, I really want to do a road trip in America. And I'm like, why? Like that was the <laughs> worst part of my childhood. Like people were like, yeah, I just like really want to do like Route 66. And I'm like, that was like just the worst agony for me and my brother because we didn't necessarily have like a big car so we'd have to we'd drive for like 30 hours sometimes because we did like we'd visit family in Arizona Utah Colorado and like just go these like really long routes to all these cities and end up being in the car for like yeah like 30 some hours by the end of it and it was just horrible 
yeah, we do long road trips as well in the good old Toyota Tarago. Um, so up, yeah, up to Queensland. That's, I think we did that five days, like not super long days, but yeah, five days. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we drove across to Perth. Um, so yeah, the Nullarbor Plain, that's as it describes, it's the longest, straightest road in the world. Just oh yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, with nothing, nothing. Yeah, I don't think I ever want to do. Like, I'm just not a road trip person. It's not fun for me. Like, I don't ever want to do it again. Like, we drove when Adam came to visit once. We drove from LA to Seattle, and that was actually it was actually pretty fun because parts of California are absolutely stunning, and like you guys drive through like the rainforest and Oregon and stuff. But it's just like I don't know, not something I ever want to do again. Yeah, it's yeah for me. I I don't really want to do like a long road trip on my own. You know, it's sort of you sort of want to be with someone. But um, yeah, like I, I'm not going to camp ever again. I'm I'm like no, nah, I've done that, been there, done that. Don't have to camp ever again. Oh, see, I like camping. I just never want to do a road trip ever again. I'm just over it. Like, it's whenever people suggest it, they're like, oh, do you want to, like, road? Nope. <laughs> do you want to? Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you want yeah. to drive? No. <laughs> when when we drove across America, we were in a station wagon and we had a family friend with us. So there was my mum, dad, Beryl, my brother and my sister, so that's all the seats taken up. I was, this is the 80s. This is how you know it was the 80s, is that I was just in a little booster seat in the back of the station wagon looking backwards with oh, all yeah, the luggage. That. That's so funny. Yeah. And that's just what you did. Yeah, we, we I remember, yeah, there were some pretty dodgy, like, seating situations when we were kids. It definitely wasn't the same, like, the amount of times, like, we actually did get to sit in the back of, like, my dad's pickup and that was allowed. Or do you remember, like, the the old, like, Chevy trucks, how they just had that weird seatbelt in the bed? Like, and you could actually, it was actually, like, just a flimsy across-your-lap seatbelt oh, yes. that you could actually wear, like, and sit in the back of a truck. Yeah. Like, Gen Z could never. Like, oh. like that was an okay way, like a legal way for you to drive in the back of your like parents' truck when you were a kid. Like, yeah, I mean, it's illegal here for a child under the age of was it ten to be in the front seat. Oh yeah, I think um it's the same in the states. I know in California there's laws about like how old you have to be to sit in the front with the airbags. Yeah, and you know all the kids have like these big booster seats and big. Yeah, car safety seats. It's like, oh, geez, we were, we were loosey goosey. Yeah, we were living on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so funny. Now it's a beautiful day, a bit windy, but it's a gorgeous sunny day. So I'll let you go. But where can the good people of the internet find you? Um, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Feminist Nerd. Um, my Twitter's a little bit of chaos, so <laughs> 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 like, um, 
I don't really tweet about like one thing in particular. <laughs> so <laughs> follow at your own risk. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, my Instagram is feminist nerd as well. Yeah. And don't forget to get look at um small batch bar. Oh uh, yeah, if you're in Melbourne or Australia in general, we do Australia wide shipping. Um, we're doing takeaway cocktails from our bottle shop, but also if you go to smallbatchbottling.com, um, you can order cocktails Australia wide, and um, yeah, they're really good. Um, they're very nice. I've I've had some, and I sent some to my sister for a lockdown birthday. So yeah, I hope um, she loved them. Yes, she did, and. Yes, yeah, so that geek pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also find me at Catherine underscore Neen, where I'm counting down to Andor. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit dedicated in my in my Twitter feed. You'll you'll see a bit of Andor in there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That geek pod will return. <laughs>